Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for October 22nd, 2019. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he seeks to have some rule with him at the end of time in a government to be established. Before we go any further, I would like to encourage you once more to subscribe to our channel, to hit the like button, and also, if there is a bell icon at the bottom of your screen, to hit that bell icon so you can get notifications anytime we upload new video. I also want to encourage you to go to patreon.com or our website, templeoftruth.us, www.templeoftruth.us, where you'll be able to support us. Okay, if you go to patreon.com, look for our handle, Emerging Temple, and you'll be able to support us to keep this broadcast coming. Okay, uh, today we want to talk about um, the, the current world situation economically and politically. Um, it's no longer news that um, the center is not holding, that there's turmoil everywhere, but this is unique in that there is no place of refuge. There is no place you can run to now and say, this place here is safe. If it's not economic troubles, it's political troubles. If it's not political troubles, it is social troubles. Okay, if it's not social troubles, it's health. And we want to see what God has to say about this. What are the causes? What possibilities are there for us to be able to survive this time? Because this time in which we are living in, is the time spoken about in scriptures referred to as the great tribulation. This is the period in which we're in. Now, the rockets might not have hit your neighborhood just yet, but for those who it has already started hitting, they already know that, okay? We're gonna, before we go any further, we're gonna take a look at a clip here about the economic situation in the, in the, in the developed and developing world from, uh, to me, a non-biased perspective. And we're gonna try to analyze what the speaker has to say about the um, socioeconomic situation of the world. And then we will take a look at what scripture has to say about this time to see if we can find some guidance in what um, we should, you know, what we should do at this moment in time. Okay. It's quite interesting to put into perspective what's happening today. So if you go back to 1998 and the Asian financial crisis, uh, when dollar funding dried up for countries like South Korea or Thailand or Malaysia or Indonesia, countries that had been running very large current account deficits, the good doctors from the International Monetary Fund and the US Treasury came out to Asia and I was around at the time and every single president, finance minister, prime minister, central bank governor in every Asian country wanted to print money in response to the Asian crisis. And the IMF said, no, 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 you can't do that because if you do, you're going to end up like Zimbabwe and you don't want to do that, do you? Uh, and so they didn't print money. And so in late uh, 98 in Asia, you had banks going bust, you had companies going under, 
you had recession, you had unemployment going up, you had real economic, financial and political pain. But it was cathartic because economies slowed down, current account deficits disappeared, they swung back into surplus and the green shoots of recovery came through and eventually central banks were able to start cutting rates again and we were off to the races again a couple of years later. I sat uh, in Asia again through the global financial crisis of 2007-2008 uh, and the first part of 2009. And uh, we had a crisis, it wasn't really a global crisis, it was a Western financial crisis. And there was absolute shock in Asia because what did Western governments and central banks do? They did exactly what they had told Asian governments not to do 10 years earlier. They went and printed money. The Fed printed money, the ECB printed money, the BOJ, the Bank of England, the Swiss National Bank, they all started printing money. And Asia was in absolute shock. And of course, when central banks were printing money, what they've done is they've, uh, they've bought bonds with, uh, with those proceeds. And uh, we now have a situation where for example, the ECB have bought so many bonds and the Swiss National Bank is a huge buyer of, of German government bonds because they're intervening massively to try and prevent the Swiss franc going up, for example. So that, as you say, we now have the situation where we have negative yields on bonds. Um, we have the Swiss 10-year government bond yielding almost uh, minus 1% uh, and the Swiss 50-year bond uh, at a negative yield to maturity now. Uh, these are extraordinary times and uh, they are very, very dangerous. And the great contrast I would draw today between the emerging world and the developing world is this. In the emerging world, economic and monetary policy is broadly orthodox. It's the West that is running unorthodox economic and monetary policy. And it's the West, ironically, that is now on the, uh, on the cliff edge. There is, a, there is a crisis in the West which is financial and that is becoming economic and it's becoming social and it's becoming political. So if I look at risk now, I would say ironically that emerging markets broadly are a safe haven. It's the developed world that is really at risk now because if the US yield curve is right and the inversion of twos, tens in the treasury market is the harbinger of the next recession, which it has been every time historically, then central banks in the West have very, very limited firepower today to respond to economic weakness. There really are no more bullets left in the gun, or very, very few. They fired all the bullets. We already have interest rates at almost zero. We've already got massively expanded um, central bank balance sheets. So what do they do? So what do they do now? Let's first break down 
piece by piece the important things this gentleman mentioned. He said, he began by saying, in 1998, there was a financial crisis that hit Asia. Many people will not remember this. It's Indonesia, in fact, that hit some parts of South America as well, but primarily what were then called the Asian tigers. And to try to get themselves out of this financial crisis or liquidity squeeze, many of those countries wanted to um, print money, um, what is sometimes referred to as quantitative easing. They wanted to print money to help themselves, you know, float out of this problem. But the World Bank and the IMF and other Bretton Woods institutions decided that, no, 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 you can't do that. He said 10 years later, the same thing that happened to the people in Asia happened in the Western nations. And this was in 2008. And he says in 2008, the Western nations did the opposite of what they had told the Asian nations to do in the 1990s. He says, the consequence of the decisions that were made around 2008 to, set, to stem the tide of, of destruction that the financial economy of the world was falling into, the consequence of it has been that, for example, in places like Switzerland and Germany, today, when you put your money in their bonds, the bond market, that you have negative interest. What does that mean? Historically, when you invest money in a bank or you invest money with the government in government bonds, you get a kind of interest. But what is going on now is when you give money to them to buy bonds, they take money from you. All right? They take money from you. I know how many people don't can't get their minds around that because you don't invest in the bond market. You don't know anything about the bond market, but let me tell you something. That these places is where all the real wealth is. Okay, it's not in your little tiny bank down the street. That means the people who have real money, what they are going through today, they are putting money. They put in a dollar, they put in a naira, they put in a pound, and they get 99 cents back. They're they feel safer doing that, okay, than putting the money out here where you and I have our money. Why? Because they know something you don't know. They know that this whole thing is about to come crashing down. Now, we know that the Western nations at this moment, led by the United States of America, Britain, France, and so on, are the economic and political and military powerhouses. But all over the world, there are regional powers coming up in Russia, in Iran, um, in um, North Korea, different powers coming up, trying to challenge the status quo. There has never been a time in history when any power gave up military control of itself willingly. America is not going to go down, or China, or Britain, go down without a fight. There's coming a fight, there's coming a war for supremacy. They have tried every kind of idea to save what they have. They have used what they call democracy. They have used what they call capitalism. They have used what they call um, um, communism. They have used all kinds of isms. All these isms have failed 
And now there's only one thing available, and that is the use of brute force. And you're seeing it all over the world. There's conflict all over. In Africa, you have Boko Haram, you have Al Shabaab. Um, you, in Syria and all of that, you have ISIS. Okay. In Mexico, you hear about the drug gangs. Just the other day, the drug gangs fought the, the Mexican military to a standstill that the president of Mexico had to actually tell the military and the police to, to pull back. That's what's going on, folks. And what you don't understand is that these isms and all these things that people have counted on, they've, they've trusted, are beginning to fail them. And they don't know what to do. Why we're here to, now is to try to show us and prepare us. For many of you right now, you, you're like one paycheck away from bankruptcy. You have no savings. You have, some of you live in cities, okay? You don't even have a farm. You have no protection for yourself. If, if you go to the store tonight and the store shelves are empty, you have no way of feeding your children and you've made no plans toward that. Even though Christ has warned us that this time was gonna come and this time is actually coming slowly, creeping right in front of your very eyes, but you're stranded, you're stuck, your feet stuck to the ground, you can't move, you can't save yourself, you can't save your family, you can't do anything because you don't believe. Let's look at what Jesus said about this time, okay? Let's take a look at this. Let's look at, um, let's look at Matthew chapter seven. Jesus said from verse 24, it says, therefore, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. I want you to notice something, the word rock. This word is gonna be very profound because the rock that he's talking about here is an idea. There are many rocks, but there's only one idea that can stand this time, and that is the idea called Christ. Did you know that the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God? Do you know when you translate that thing, we translate that word, word into the literal Greek, it's actually not word like we say in English, it actually means reason or idea. That's why you have a logo that represents your idea. The, the word, the Greek word there is logos. In the beginning was the logos. The logos was with God and logos was God. This is an idea. Christ, and he still is saying, whoever hears his words, okay, and doesn't implement them, is like someone who built on sand, okay? But whoever hears his words and does them is like someone who built on a rock, okay? People today are building on many different rocks, but they're not building on the true rock, the solid rock, okay? And the reason why we played the clip earlier was to show us that people who are experts, people who, who are trained in the field of economic sciences and political sciences, they can see the danger up ahead. But those of us who actually have the word of God that has told us for hundreds and thousands of years that the time like this would come, we're going about our business as though, you know, it's business as usual. Let's look at what the apostle Peter had to say, okay? Verse Peter chapter, uh, second Peter, I'm sorry, second Peter chapter three, verse 10. 
Second Peter chapter three from verse 10. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned. Now let's stop for a second, okay? He says, the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. Okay, when a thief comes, it's very quiet. You don't even know he's there, okay? It says, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, okay? And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. What elements is it? He's not talking about the ozone layer, the ozone layer, okay? He's talking about the elementary principles upon which we have founded our lives on. Some of us have founded our lives on religion, okay? And religion is going to fail you, okay? Some of us have founded our lives on democracy. Democracy is going to fail you. Some of us have founded our lives on, on, um, on communism, socialism, okay? All kinds of isms. These things are elements. They are like, when you say an element, we're talking about the, the, the basic core, the irreducible core upon which something is founded. And he says it's going to be melted, which means it's going to be tried with heat. And all these systems are being tried right now with heat. Just the other day, President Trump said he's withdrawing troops from Syria, but that he has secured the oil wells. Well, those oil wells are not in Texas. Those oil wells are in somebody else's country. Well, there's nobody in the press that said anything like, wait, 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 that's somebody else's country. How could you just say you've secured their oil wells? Okay. These are questions that nobody's asking. Why do you think he's doing that? Okay. There's a reason he's doing that. The world is going to hell in a handbasket and people are struggling, fighting to take control of the resources. Okay. These things are going on before your very eyes. You hear that he, the, it, people are going, oh, impeach Trump, impeach Trump. Why do you think there's this push to impeach Trump? Because Trump is not doing some of the things that the people who represent the one world government want him to uh, implement. Many people, and poor, poor people on the streets who don't know anything. Oh, I'm for Trump. Oh, I'm against Trump. You don't even know what you're talking about. Okay? This, those who know what is going on understand that thing, the ship is sinking. And they're coming up with different ideas. Trump thinks he has his, his ideas. These ones think they have their ideas. And they're fighting before your very eyes. But you don't even know what they're fighting over. Friends, there is a rock that you can build your life upon. And that rock is Christ. And the word he has given you, the word he has given me. Nothing is going to save you in this time. You need to move with fear. You need to begin to prepare yourself, cut your costs down, cut your expenses down. You know, if you're living beyond your means, the time to, uh, to put away that childish thing has come. Okay, you need to cut it because we're going to go through a very rough patch pretty soon. You know, just like you're in an airplane and the pilot says, you know, put, back, put your seatbelts back on. Everybody get back to your seat because we're about to enter into some tough turbulence. I'm telling you now, we're soon about to enter into some tough turbulence. And all these little things you're quarreling and fighting over and nagging over, they're not going to mean anything very, very soon. I don't care whether you're in America. I don't care whether you're in Afghanistan. There'll be no difference. There'll be nowhere for you to run and hide. Okay? 
there's going to be street gangs on the streets of Philadelphia and New York and Washington, D.C. and London and Lagos. Okay, there'll be, there'll be like total anarchy. It is coming. It is coming. And you need to prepare yourself right now. I don't want to frighten you. I just want to get you to get moving because Jesus told us this would come. Let's take a look at, let's take a look at what the scriptures tell us in um, Luke chapter 2. Let's see what Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 2. And this is when he's carrying the cross and he's being taken to be crucified. And there's all these people following. Some of them are crying for him. Some of them feel sorry for him. And let's see what he says. It says, but Jesus turning unto them said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. This Jerusalem he's talking about here is not this physical Jerusalem, you know. He's talking about those who are believers. Okay. He's talking about those who are believers. Okay? And it's not just talking to women, it's talking to all of us. Okay? It says, verse 29, For behold, the days are coming, in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. So he's saying, a time, everybody, some, some women say, oh, I have no child. I wish I had a child. All my friends have children. I don't have one. Jesus said, the time is going to come. You're going to be thanking God that you don't have any. Why? Because all those ones who have children are going to have so many responsibilities. One child running here, another one's running there, and they've got to get away from the destruction that is coming. Okay? But Jesus was speaking of something deeper than just physical children. He was talking about worldly ties, worldly responsibilities, that you've tied yourself to so many worldly things. Okay? And fortunate, those of you who have big fat bank accounts, you can't get out of town because, man, you've got to leave your $20 million in the bank right now. To save your life or somebody who doesn't have all that kind of money to worry about he's gone he's free he's not weighed down and that's the spiritual meaning okay the metaphysical meaning of what jesus is saying that right here verse 30 then shall they begin to say to the mountains fall on us and to the hills cover us okay now let's look at one more scripture that parallels what jesus said here and that can be found in the book of the Revelation, and I believe it's the sixth chapter. Yes, Revelation chapter six, I'll take it from verse 15. And this is looking at the end times. It said this is at the time of the sixth trumpet, okay? This is, the, this is the end times, the prophecy of the end time, the time in which you and I are living in. And verse 15 says, and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Now stop for a second. Here they're slaves, bondmen, poor people, rich people, kings. It says, all of us ran to the dens in the rocks of the mountains. What, what is he talking about? Is he just talking about physical mountains? No. He's talking about all the fortresses we have built for ourselves economically and politically and socially. Okay, not just talking about that's going to happen. Physical, you're going to run for physical protection, no doubt. But many of us are going to try to run to to our ideologies and to our religions and to all the isms that we have built our hopes around to try to protect us. Verse 16 says, "And said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of Him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb." Verse 17. But the great day of His wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? Friends, I just thought we should remind ourselves of these scriptures and what time we're in. 
because many of us have gone back to sleep. What do I mean by that? We listen to these messages. We listen, we listen to these broadcasts. We know that the word that we are receiving through these broadcasts, we're not receiving any place else. You know it, that God is sending a message to you through these broadcasts you are not hearing in the churches you're going to. You know you're not. You know you're not. But you just sit down there, you listen to this word, you say beautiful word, you do nothing about it. You do not begin to move. You don't begin to prepare your wife and your husband and your children or your family to begin to prepare yourselves for the destruction that is to come that we have warned you about. You're not preparing yourself. You're not coming together with true believers who love God. You're, you prefer going for the show every Sunday morning with where 50% or even 80% of the people have no serious intent or business with God. This is not the time for any of that. This is not the time to play religion. This is the time for you to call upon God for direction. Begin to prepare yourself to be saved. Ask yourself today, if you got up tomorrow morning and nobody could move anywhere because there's an economic crunch and the government has put a state of emergency, tomorrow morning, how long will the food in your refrigerator last? Have you thought about that? What arrangements have you made for medication for your children, for yourself? I'm talking real life things now. I'm not just talking things in the sky, talking real life things. Because when you do these things, when you move this way, that is evidence that you believe God. Because he has told us that these things are coming. Now, I know many of us are in different situations and circumstances and things are tougher for some of us. But nevertheless, if you're able to do something for yourself, you need to move now. Move with fear, just like Noah moved with fear and began to build his ark. You need to begin to move with fear. Many of you need to begin to move out of the cities and move out into the country and get yourself land where you can begin to raise livestock, to feed yourself and grow, grow, grow food for your family. Many of you need to begin to do these things. I'm talking to you about real life practical things that you should apply for yourself. Okay? Now, regardless of what I've said, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally, then all the stuff I said is not going to help you. The first thing you need to do right now is get on your knees wherever you are and call upon God and ask him for forgiveness. Let him know that you believe in his son, Jesus Christ, that he didn't come here for nothing. He came here for you and that he died for you and that he rose up on the third day, just like he said he would. And that because of him, you are saved. Ask him to forgive you of everything you have done those things that you recall and those that you don't recall and ask him to give you a new leaf. Ask him to come into your life. Ask Jesus to come into your life, make you a new person. Ask for the gift of the Holy Ghost so you can receive power. And I promise you, if you, if you pray to God in this, in this matter, not exactly my words, your own words, I guarantee you, you will make it. I guarantee you, there'll be a way out for you. I guarantee you, he will give you ideas on what to do to protect yourself and your family in the time to come. But regardless of what happens, under no circumstances should you deny him. Okay? Thank you so much for your time once again. This has been Michael Obeya for Emerging Temple. I want to encourage you to once again subscribe, like I keep saying. Share these videos with your family and friends. Discuss them. Don't just watch them in the comfort of your room on your phone and go to sleep. It's not entertainment. This is supposed to be a wake-up call. Okay? Sit down with your friends and analyze the things we say. If you disagree with anything, that's fine. Go to our Facebook page, Emerging Temple, and leave me a note. Or over the comment section on this video, put some comments. 
and, and we'll respond to you. We'll, we'll, inter, we'll, we'll dialogue with one another, okay? The Bible says those that love God spoke often one to another about him. And God opened the book of memorial and our names were written in there, okay? So let's engage one another and let's share this, this word far and wide, okay? Don't just share this word just with Christians. Share this word with people who are not Christians. Share this word with Muslims. Share this word with Hindus. Share this word with everybody, okay? Put this on your status page, okay? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in front of men, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. So friends, thank you so much again for your time. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow and uh, we will be able to maybe continue on this topic or as the Lord will lead us, we'll go into other things. Good night and God bless you.